It's 14 minutes past 10. Good day, Steve Vines. How are you? And a happy Greater Bay Day to you, too. Buckle up. Belton Road. <laughs> Belton Road? <laughs> Clunk click every trip. <laughs> Clunk click. Honestly, that Belton Road. God, dear. Right. But honestly, let's talk about the Greater Bay Area. But... Now. If not... Go on, if not... I've got to say something, oh, and yeah. it pains me to do this. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the Chief Secretary, you ever come across a woman named Carrie Lamb? Chief Executive. Chief Executive, sorry. <laughs> Freudian. <laughs> oh, dear, oh, dear. Sorry, sorry, so- sorry, Mrs Lamb. It, it wasn't me, it was him, he forced me to say it. Yeah. Um, she tells porkies. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, you know, so here's the thing. So if you remember... Um, Oh, she's she's up in Beijing. Oh, she's always up in Beijing, but she comes down to Hong Kong occasionally. Anyway, she was up in Beijing at some gangbang, and um, she 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 had a meeting with the boss, Mister Xi, and she came out of the meeting and she said, um, when asked, did he ask, did he talk to you about security issues? You know, Article Twenty Three in in um, uh, in Hong Kong. She said, no, he didn't. Then she said, therefore, I could only... And then she explained why she hadn't talked about this, because um, it was just a porky. She said, well, I, I, I could... Um, we, we, she said, we did not talk about the issue of national security at all. It was all done in semaphore. So then, then Xinhua disobligingly puts out a, 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 a statement containing what they talked about. And guess what? They did talk about national security. So she's then asked about this. She says, oh, well, um, I, I, I could only say briefly that, that those who attended felt encouraged. No, Mrs. Lamb, that's not what you said. You said you didn't talk about this. Now you're saying that, that, that um, what you actually said was the people who were there felt encouraged. The problem is, well, well, it doesn't, here. doesn't matter. Me. The point is, <laughs> it's all it's all on the record, Yara. you know, as to what was said. Now, I, I, she she says discuss. I mean, they don't you don't discuss things with President Xi. He tells them what to do. I mean, there wasn't actually anything. So, what do you think? They, well, yes. <laughs> Let's have a coffee and discuss yeah. this. Shall it, we? He was going oh, round the pub. Ten o'clock. Yeah. First round's mine. That's actually what he said. Uh, well, I've got the transcript. That's what Xinhua said, he said. Yeah. But if he didn't say that, the transcript... And, you know, this is like, you know, the tablets of stone. You know, I mean, forget the Ten Commandments coming down from up, up north. So Xinhua didn't make it up just to stir the pot? I really don't think so. <laughs> I think that's what happened. And she just told an outright porky. Mind you, she's getting form on this. She is getting form on this. So she then says, you know... It, and who who can remember, because it's almost a year ago now, that she was going to um, inaugurate this um, committee looking into um, land supply mm-hmm. so that there could be a Hong Kong-wide debate and she would listen carefully to the public. And she's now said, because she knows that, that, that she's completely ignored, she's preempted the findings of the great debate. She says, well, they can have a great debate, but we're going to do, you know, big, 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 Bigly, 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 reclamation off Eastland Tower. And she's now actually said, I mean, this is interesting, I know it will be unpopular, I don't care what the public think, <laughs> go and eat some we're, we're going to go ahead <laughs> yeah. and do it. So, noodles. you know, so, she, so there was a porky, I mean, that whole exercise has turned out to be the most enormous sham, 
she's committed to this which strangely enough is the favored ex- is the favored plan of the big uh, tycoons i think that's a, one of those staggering coincidences in life i mean i wouldn't have pointed it out but you forced me to <laughs> um, uh, you know I, I mean this is getting not very good at all in fact i go as far as to say badly badly very interesting about the Lantau thing. I've listened to a lot of the sort of environmental types, and I mean, I, I think lot, they're engineers. They're not just greeny tree huggers. We've got yeah. engineers, people with skill and experience. Yeah. They do seem to be making a lot of sense. Well, I mean, on the, paper, the, the number of levels at which this is problematic, it's problematic technically, it's problematic because of the length of time it will take, it's problematic because of the environmental damage it will do. But, you know, you could have a reasonable discussion about all of these things. You know, what she says is this is an ambitious plan and we've got to have an ambitious plan to deal with a very big problem. So, you know, that's also a perfectly reasonable argument. But she's not having that discussion. She's saying, look, I don't care what you think. I may have set up a, 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 um, a public consultation exercise, but I know what's right, and we're doing what I say we're doing. And incidentally, the rest of you can mm. do something which involves travel. Mm. The time, <laughs> the time frame of this thing is massive. I mean, when you just sort of sit back and think about it, we've got we've got the West Kowloon thing. I mean, I well, don't even want to get still into not that. done. No, 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 no. That's not my my yeah. point being. We see. <coughs> That that's tiny compared to what this will be, and it's, oh, it's, it's fraught with logistical issues. Fraught with logistical issues. Um, I mean, if you only focus on one aspect of it, which is this stupendous cost of this, and every single, fortunately we can say this without qualification, every single major infrastructure project yeah. that Hong Kong has recently been involved in hasn't just slightly gone over budget, it's gone massively over budget. Is that normal, By a though? third... Not to these levels, by a third, by a half. Yeah, but these are very, very big figures. And we're talking about literally billions upon billions of dollars, right. which incidentally, sorry to remind Mrs. Lamb, is our money. You know, you, you, well, it ain't anymore, but, but, you know, someone is going to line their pockets. They'll be so heavy they can hardly move them off the ground. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you've got that problem as well. But as I say, there is actually a case to be made for what she's saying but she won't make it she just says no i'm right and i don't want to listen i do not want to listen all right then what do you think what do you think this morning if you want to get in touch morning brew at rthk.hk he'll be here for another half hour or so what do you got well then we've got this really um bizarre business with marjan the 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 uh, mainland writer do the hokey cokey. <laughs> who came here for the hong kong literary festival and i'm very pleased this has helped put the literary festival on the map because it's a very very good event um but you know first of all he gets banned by um the authorities uh, the, the the new police station conference uh taekwon then then they go off to another complex he gets banned from there then he's back again so the explanations of this are none of them are good let's take number one possible. So, so before you do that steve so you're saying the outcome it, isn't the most important thing to you now no the, okay. well the outcome is he managed to speak and um he got a far bigger audience than he would have got i mean you know he's 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 a well-known writer he lives in exile um he's he's not a political activist by the by let's just make that clear but you know he is critical of the of the government in beijing mm. gosh the idea that writers would be critical of their governments mm. oh i've never heard of that before anyway 
But the, the initial explanation was, which was so bizarre and stupid that it didn't, you know, it didn't uh, warrant house room anyway among uh, grown-ups, was, oh, we don't want to have him at our uh, premises because he might, he might spread uh, his political platform. He doesn't have a political platform. OK, but never mind. Minor detail. Minor detail. But the point is this. So what brought this on? Was it that the atmosphere in Hong Kong is now so poisonous so poisonous that anybody who's mildly critical of the mainland government should be denied a platform anywhere. That's one explanation. The other possible explanation is there was direct intervention by the government going to the authorities. Or by somebody. That's well, when it gets I, complicated. I, 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 well, but let's just go through the possibilities. Right. Going to Taiwan and saying, you know, uh, this bloke, we don't like him, he's on our, our brown stuff list, you, you, we don't want him here. Maybe there was direct intervention from the liaison office. Maybe one of the, 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 the big shots from the jockey club which runs Taekwon um, said, oh, just heard this club bloke isn't, you know, isn't a flag waver. We better make sure he doesn't appear on our premise. All of those explanations are not good. None of them are good. Mm-hmm. The only good explanation, and this is something that, that um, uh, is indeed possible, is that I think actually now the government is becoming to realise that there is kickback from all of this. You kick out and ban a journalist from the world's leading business newspaper. You, you go to the um, human rights hearings in Geneva and you put on the tape record going, nothing wrong, nothing wrong, no problem, no problem. And everybody's just sitting there going, who is that man saying those things? You get to the US Congress, which, which, which we got to yesterday, where they put out a report saying, well, you know, do what you like in Hong Kong. If you just want to be another part of China and be treated exactly the same as the one-party state that prevails on the mainland, go ahead. But there's a price to pay for that. I wonder now whether actually, ironically... The government intervened with the jockey club and said, it was very nice of you, very obliging of you to ban this bloke, but it's kind of getting a bit, it's kind of getting a bit embarrassing now. Could you, could you reverse that? And they're going, oh, oh, yes, ma'am, whatever you say. That congressional committee thing is interesting because it's, it's, um, it's all up there to read. But one of the things was be careful selling technology to Hong Kong. Yes. Well, be careful selling technology to Hong Kong. We saw that one of uh, Lee Ka-shing's biggest companies was banned from taking over a major utility in Australia because they're worried about um, uh, about the mainland influence in Australia. Yeah. They, they just look at it as a mainland company. They, 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 they go, oh, oh, you're based in Hong Kong. Sorry, exactly. what's, what's your point? Do you know what I thought, going back to... I the- mean, this is, this is terrible. This is terrible. Mm. We, we, we must remember that Hong Kong had a role. It had a role vis-a-vis the rest of the world. It had a role vis-a-vis the, the mainland. And that role, day by day by day, is being diminished. That ain't good. Steve. Not me. I nearly called you Steve James, because <laughs> you look so similar. He's taller than me, and you can always tell Never that on again. radio. Yeah. Go on, then, what you got? Um, where were we? Oh, yes, we weren't. We were going to talk about, um, we had a little amiable chat while we were off air, about the wonders of Cathay Pacific, um, the world's what's-it airline. Uh, so, 
they're in LegCo yesterday trying to explain themselves. What's very interesting is is the people in the government who are responsible for data protection, yeah. um, they were sitting in a corner um, being as silent as possible. But anyway, the story so far seems to be that there was this massive, massive attack on their website. It occurred seven months ago. And their excuse is, oh... Before we told any about it, anybody about it, uh, we were so busy trying to sort out the attack, sort out what it was, that we didn't have anybody spare left to tell the people who were being attacked what was going on. I'm thinking, gosh, that's a really it's good really explanation. Good. I'm, I'm wholly convinced by that. Golly. People, so you're yeah. a massive company and you've got <laughs> nobody in that company who could take a day out to... to Say issue a press release saying, you know, if you've if if you've got your data with Cathay Pacific, there may be a problem. No, nobody was available to do that because they were all busy. They're all apparently techies, including the top management. I'm supposed they were all sitting there in front of their screens, going, <laughs> "I wonder how we sort this one out." Gosh, this is a bit difficult. Now yeah. it now turns out yeah. it's quite interesting. This was also revealed in Legco yesterday that other jurisdictions, because of course. The data doesn't just belong to people within Hong Kong. Other jurisdictions are getting on their case rather big time. The Hong Kong government that has no data protection legislation worth zilch, mm. despite the fact, incidentally, that Hong Kong was one of the first jurisdictions to get onto this and the need for this. Yeah. But as usual, they haven't updated it. Well, I don't know whether any listener knows this, including the listener, but apparently in the last decade or so, that interweb thing's got a bit more sophisticated. Who knew? I'm just curious. And you need new legislation to catch up mm. with where we are today. Where we were 15 years ago is very charming and very wonderful. And, you know, we're thinking Sinclair Computers. Well, I'm, I'm wondering what's been going on in this sort of DMZ we've had since that one splashed the news a few days or weeks ago, whatever it was. I'm just wondering if all these sort of gold members and stuff are getting messages from the Cathay Pacific's new headquarters in Kampala <laughs> offering to do them a great deal on Viagra. Oh, you see, that's so wrong. It's Lagos. You're so wrong about that. <laughs> I just wonder what's happened. I believe that, does that. that must have happened. Well, well not uh, quite that, uh, um, uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, we don't actually know what the people who are attacking the website really want to get out of it but it won't be anything good i think we can be very very sure about that i'd actually put money on it yeah yeah so, i mean the nature of why people spam stuff has, has really changed i mean i think the, the essence in history has been because we can because we yes, can play with actually, you some of it you're quite right some of it isn't actually directly for mil a monetary gain it's for malice you know, well, there is that's that, the second there's thing, a lot isn't of, it? Yeah. There's a lot of malice, you know, like that ghastly business in Australia with this woman putting needles in um, in strawberries, strawberries, allegedly putting needles in alleged strawberries. I also have to say, alleged. <laughs> yeah, you've got to say that um, because that you caused know, alleged pain uh, to the people. Uh, uh, that <laughs> allegedly, she she'd not got on with the company she was working for as a packer. Mm. But you know, I mean, so there is an element of that. There's an element, of course, of extracting data for the purposes of monetary gain. And some of it is, you know, you get these kids who are far more technically savvy than I will ever be, and you know, which isn't difficult, incidentally, but never mind. And they're sitting in front, they're sitting at home, and they go, do you know, I can disrupt a global communication system That's from my home. I tell you what, 
I'm going to do it. I think that's why it all started computer hacking in the first place. But then you see those films from the 80s where these kids get into the CIA. Yes, and back, well, that, yes. That's totally... It was because they could. Because they could. So, I mean, there's a couple of things here. It will be very interesting to see, in the case of Cathay, what we saw at, at LegCo was how powerless, totally totally powerless the government is to do anything about it you know they're going oh we might find them a few hundred dollars that will that will shake up a bolty multi-billion then they dollar go to company. their bank account and, and they, they find <laughs> out that it's nothing yeah. no no they're sort of talking <laughs> oh, we, we, we might issue a, we might issue an order whereas you know in the other jurisdictions where grown-ups have been updating the the laws they Cathay is now very vulnerable in, I think it's literally tens of jurisdictions, to heavy penalties and curbs on their activity. Ah. So, first of all, this is a wake-up call, obviously, for Cathay, but apparently they can't do two things at once. They can't tell people what's going on and fix the problem. That doesn't inspire a lot of confidence. So more importantly, it's this wake-up call for the government, who's just got to get on to protecting the personal data of people in Hong Kong. We demand... Uh, nothing less. It does sound like this one is somebody with a whole herd of beef against Cathay because, I mean, you know, the nature of terrorism, it's not the big bang in the street, it's the paranoia that it creates for years afterwards. Yes. Well, I mean, this, you, you know, I, how much reputational damage this ends up doing to the airline, I don't know. Obviously, people are still flying on it in great numbers, and the actual airline business, i.e. when you get on a plane, isn't affected by this. But, you know, the whole point of the way that airlines operate these days is they cultivate loyalty among their customers to get repeat business yeah. and, you know, encourage them to use it even more because they get all these points and blah, blah, blah. Well, if now the story is, well, yeah, you, you get loyalty points, but you have to share your information with dubious people outside the company i think people are going to think again about all of that i think they might but the economy class business won't be won't be bothered at all because yes. I, I never get i never get all those points and emails and stuff from them I've, I've, I've heard about that isn't that the one at <laughs> the right the side the of the side. plane yeah, god, right, yeah. god god knows what goes on down there i think that's that's kind of the attitude is you always feel in cathy that's the attitude of the bosses we've got the and front of are, the plane they don't say good morning and you are <laughs> <laughs> no they 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 literally point i've seen it you know it, uh, uh, there is um they have got actually a problem there i think it's called attitude okay. <laughs> but you know this this whole business about hong kong regulation mm. and we've seen it again with this ghastly ca- well it's a terrible case of this woman who goes um for some lip suction and and ends up collapsing and dying in one of these beauty clinics by a doctor who had previously been struck off the list um, that was in 2003 for a, another piece of medical ne- negligence. He was only struck off the list for five months, which I find slightly interesting. He's, he's back in business. Doesn't seem, again, I mean, because you've got a self-regulating, uh, I was going to say industry, but of course doctors call it a profession, a self-regulating profession where they make the decisions. Again, the government... Yeah allows this sort of thing to go on in Hong Kong, and these are purely beauty treatments, Uh, but it turns out that they actually can be life-threatening. So yet again, we've got a problem where the government, which is zealous regulating where people sit outside in the street, when it comes to matters, which isn't a matter of life and death, by the way, when it comes to matters of life and death, they're sort of hands-off, oh, that's complicated. So this bloke did get just struck off or whatever it is, right? 
he in 2003 yeah. so, for five months for so five I, months i think th- maybe I his think address called suspended his dress his address might have changed it used to be nathan road now it's the alleyway <laughs> behind car car lot <laughs> you know that's, that's the giveaway there i think yeah i mean i don't want to be ageist but he is in his 80s he's not a spring chicken and uh you know the fact is that he is allowed by law to carry on and pose a threat to so, life. So what are you actually saying? That there's tons of regs, but they're in completely the wrong direction? Well, no, when it comes to, to, to medical profession, yeah, when yeah. it comes to medical profession, the government just takes a hand-off attitude and says, oh, you know, you regulate yourselves, you're really good at this. Mm. Hmm. Mm. Not would be the word that you've got to use there. 